and welcome to Cruising for a Reviewsin, the podcast where I get a friend to watch a Tom Cruise movie they've never seen before and then review it with me. I'm your host, Carol Westworth, and I'm rejoined by Ben to finish our review of The Colour of Money. Hey. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. I physically didn't move out of the chair, but it is lovely to be here a second time. Nice. We have been reviewing The Colour of Money. We got a long way through the movie, but we decided to do a two-parter because a lot happens in like the, the last third of the movie, it's I guess it is. a very dramatic last third compared to like the tone of the movie changes mm. completely. Because you think the whole movie is just going to be old mate teaching old mate to play pool and makes lots of money at Atlantic City and then everything just kind of changes at one point for reasons we're about to get into. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you probably should because unless you're very, very familiar with the colour of money, you will have no idea what's going on. The last thing that happened was that Vincent was playing the Grady Seasons character who is very, very good at pool, uh, very famously good at pool, known as like the most successful one in the region, I don't know. And he's meant to lose so that his odds in Atlantic City will be better against him. But Vincent is a cocky prick and ends up winning and ruining that plan and not listening. So Eddie is pretty ticked off that Vincent wouldn't listen to him. So he decides to go out and play some pool himself. And he's playing in the pool hall and... And he puts like a large bill on the corner and someone watching is like, go call, what's his face? Like, we, we I think we got a sucker here. Yeah, so he's playing, he plays a couple of small time guys who um, are fine, but he wins against them. He's like getting his groove back. And then we introduced to a new character called Amos, played by a very, very young Forrest Whitaker, who starts playing with him. Basically, we find out pretty quickly that Forrest Whitaker is a hustler, but he is incredible at his job because he completely fools Eddie. It's not until the end when, you know, he's winning really humbly. Like, he's like, oh my God, that was such a lucky shot. I can't believe it. Oh, I'm so sorry to take your money. I feel like such a big jerk. And then that's it. He's like, you're a hustler, aren't you? It's like, no, not me. And yeah, he's hustled him out of this money, and but he played it so well that the ultimate hustler did not see it even for one second. It's pretty, pretty brutal. Like, it's just because the build-up to that scene has him, you know, playing and winning a couple of games yeah. and, like, they're friendly games. I think the guy with the insane moustache that he beats is mm. meant to be someone from The Hustler. It was just the impression that I got from the scene. Mm that he has played against before. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they have a friendly back and forth. They're buying each other drinks. It's mm. You're meant to be like, oh, he's getting back into his groove again. He's good at it. Then he's having a couple of drinks. Uh, the way that Amos character is set up, he's casting himself as like this insane person who is an idiot. And yeah. you're like meant to watch it and be like, oh, what a weird dude. Because he's like, I, yeah, I made money by being a subject in a psych ward. Like, yeah. and things like that. Like, he's, yeah, doing what Vincent, what they're trying to do with Vincent, but actually success, successfully. Yeah. And, yeah, hustles him out of money. And... Yeah, it breaks Eddie's heart. He's kind of like, I can't believe. Like, it's like, it's like the ultimate con artist being conned himself yeah. out of all his money. Like, it'd be real kick in the pants. And the way he does it as well, that like, because, you know, he asks him a couple of times, are you a hustler? And the, the first time he's like, oh, look, you know, you know what? You keep the money. Don't even worry yeah. about it, which is somehow worse. Yeah. And then asks him again. And then, like, the mask just drops instantly. And the mm. guy's just looking at him with, like, so much pity and condescension. Yeah. Yeah, it's brutal. You genuinely start feeling for the Paul Newman character, who, like, before the real only, like, moments of weakness he'd had where you get this idea of the character as someone who is very very full of pride and is struggling mm. to remain relevant is how embarrassed he is about the warehouse thing where he goes to the place yeah. that's not a pool hall anymore and that's just like he's been out of the loop so long that he didn't know that wasn't a thing anymore yeah. whereas this is like no you're so out of loop you're shit at what you do like yeah. your entire thing that made you famous in the first movie is irrelevant because this young guy here has fucking got you got you good but it seems to light a fire under his ass, I guess, because he goes back to the pool hall. Oh, no, he actually tells them, like, I'm done. 
how much money do you need to get to Atlantic City? I don't want to, you've got three more weeks. Do what you need to do. He's like three grand or whatever. And they have a big argument. Uh, Carmen's like, you're just going to ditch us. And he's like, yep, here's the money. Vincent has a nice big tantrum where he like rips off a banister and everything and like hurls the fucking balabushka down the stairs and everything. Like tries to, but then half drops it. And then when yeah. it's on the floor, he like punches it. Like it's such a good, like uh, frustrated, it's, inarticulate it's rage. It's how we all actually, like we think we're going to be really good and have a good yeah. like tantrum. And it's just us clumsily knocking things over and yeah. really embarrassing uh, and they storm off and yeah so it is like I'm done with it but I guess what the realisation here is he's like I don't want to end it on that I don't want to be like I got duped really bad oh it's because Vincent actually witnessed the end of all that happening with mm. Forrest Whitaker's character and it's like you just had a few too much to drink a little few too many drinks like you know you'll get over it you'll be fine and he's not fine uh, so he d- ditches them and he goes back to the Chalky's place the really rough pool hole and starts playing and practising and practising he's plays against Mosley and I wrote down playing ugly randoms like (laughs) (laughs) which seems cruel but is very true Uh, it's just like these are people who are not actors they are not Hollywood in any capacity one of them has a tiny head he is a largish man with a very very small head it is quite perplexing it was an excellent the one woman that he plays amazing who is it's like the stereotypical, you expect to see her at like a Vegas casino. Yeah. Not in Vegas, like Atlantic City, like somewhere. It's the hat she's wearing. Yeah, the little visor and like a bum bag and everything. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, he's obviously planning to go to Atlantic City himself and see if he can reclaim some of his former glory. So yep, we go to Atlantic City and all I thought of when I was watching that when I walk in the boardwalk, I was like, I would love to spend a day in yeah. 1980s Atlantic City. Oh, imagine the atmosphere. Imagine yeah. the vibe. Just incredible. And the fashion, awful. Just all of it was awful and I loved it. <laughs> oh, he's and he's got his glasses now because as part of his montage, yes. he works on his two biggest issues, which are his legs aren't strong enough for him to stand all the time, so he starts swimming. But he also goes to get his eyes tested, which is a hilarious thing to have in a training montage. Yeah. <laughs> And he gets like, this really cool dude, like dad. So slick. What's that style? Like are they aviators sort of style? Well, they've they've got the joined bridge across the yeah. middle, like Elvis style glasses. Yeah, that's And they it, look yeah. fucking sick. And they're, you know, tinted, so they're not just for being able to see, but also to look cool. And they work. He looks amazing. Yeah, like anyone else in those glasses, I'd be like, you look like a fuckhead. And I'm like, poor Newman, oh my gracious. So yeah, his his legs are good and now his eyes are good too. <laughs> Thank goodness. So he they he runs into Vincent and Carmen. And they are hustling hard, but they seem to have worked out a flow that works, even though they see him having a little argument about it afterwards. But they're, they're hustling one guy really well, and they're like, All right, I'll see you in the green room at midnight. Yeah, so they've taken what they've learned from Eddie and are applying it and doing pretty well for themselves. And they kind of catch him. He's like, Why don't you come to the green room? He's like, No, we're at a game tomorrow at 10 o'clock. I can't. He's like, He's kind of separating himself from them. They end up playing each other. So I guess it's like semi finals. I was trying to work out how. Yeah. Because there's so many people playing at one time. They don't really make a big deal out of like letting you know where they are in the tournament. Have you ever seen Over the Top, the horrible Sylvester Sloan arm wrestling movie? No, but I'm going to watch that immediately because I didn't know that existed. It has exactly the same pacing as this movie in that like he was once an amazing uh, professional arm wrestler and then he has to get back to the game so he can win his truck back to impress his son. It's a very dumb movie, but it leads up to him doing this tournament. But they restate the rules of the tournament in like every scene oh. so that you the audience is always well aware of like who is where in the bracket and also that it's a double elimination tournament so you can lose twice and you're still fine. And like... 
I think they did that maybe because test audiences got confused that he lost yeah. and he was still like, uh, he still got to play another oh. game or whatever. But they just keep repeating it over and over. The announcer is always saying that everyone's always saying it to each other. It's amazing. Whereas in this, nothing's explained. No, you're like, I assume there's some sort of bracketing system, but we're not really privy to it. We just know a I bunch of games. We, so. we only know that because we see it briefly up on a sport yeah. somewhere, which is when Eddie's like, oh, I'm playing against Vince at yeah. some point. I don't know if that happens because he's playing. Oh, there's one, the first guy he plays, he was like... <laughs> Yeah, I didn't deserve that. I didn't deserve that. I'm like, get out of here. Paul Newman being like, is this your first time playing? <laughs> it's just he's like, I didn't so deserve brutal. that at the end. And he's like, yeah, he did. And just walks off. It's so good. I guess like this is sort of the not focusing on the tournament thing sort of flows on from something that Eddie's character says earlier in the movie that like the tournament is the secondary thing. You know, you can lose in the tournament but then still make thousands of dollars in the mm. green room based on people saw you lose out there so you're going to get more people bet on you or whatever. Mm. It's kind of secondary until it's not because it becomes like personal. Yeah, and so Eddie, like, at this point, losing isn't necessarily an option for him because he wants to reclaim some glory for himself, even though that's not the thing that he taught Vincent at all. Like, mm. winning at this point, at a certain point, isn't the old end game. It's the end game is making heaps of money. Yeah. So if you purposely lose, but you still make much of money, you're won. But, yeah, that gets thrown out the window when Eddie's going to make a point. Uh, so, yeah, they play against each other. It's all very dramatic, and Eddie's having the time of his life because Vincent is just fucking up so badly, and he manages to win. I don't know if it's like the skin of his teeth or not, but Vincent is like sort of storms off very tantrumy about it. Because he, he sort of wins on, uh, oh, I might be misremembering this from another scene, but is it that he like sinks the nine ball, but then it also sinks the white in the same shot or whatever? And it's by just like the thinnest margin, like just well, the. He, he, I know it was by a very thin margin, which it were, I don't remember which one it was. Fuck, I can't remember. Anyway, just kind of scrapes a win and like he's so because he like pops outside for a second to like shout and joy. <laughs> so good. He's so stoked that he, you know, beat this guy that he was teaching and, you know, he feels fucking on top of the world. Meanwhile, Janelle has come to stay at him with him at the hotel and he's told her what's happened and she's stoked for him as well. And in the in the hotel room, I assume fucking. Yes. That's <laughs> the implication that we're given. Because they've been having celebratory sex that he's like, Oh, we were just having a champagne. <laughs> Vincent and Carmen go to the room and are like, yeah, it was a really good game. Here's your cut. And, and he's like, my cut? He has like eight grand. I basically lost against you on purpose so I can make lots of money. You know, that thing you taught me. <sighs> and Eddie is like, he doesn't show it very well. Like doesn't show it to them. So they don't really, although I imagine Carmen probably got it. Yeah. But he's fucking crestfallen. Like he thought he did such a good job and he didn't. He it's was- so brutal. It's genuinely upsetting. I didn't see that coming at no. all. Because you, this all happens at the end of his montage of him like getting his groove back. Mm. And you're like, this is fucking awesome. And like it's set up. Very like established very well that Vince doesn't know how to lose very yeah. well, and he's obviously practiced it in those three weeks and learned how to do a really good job of it. Yeah, you wouldn't expect it, and Eddie had no idea. And they set up the start of that scene in a particularly brutal way as well, just in that like they finished. Well, at least he made it to look like that way. Like they finished that game where Eddie won with Vincent being pissed off at him and mm. storming off or whatever, and you're like, ah, oh, that sucks. And then the start, they're being super nice to each other, and you're like, ah, oh, everything worked out in the end, and this is bam, like. Ah, no, old man, everything you were working for is a lie. You're the fucking dupe now. Like, it's so upsetting. And, like, it feels a bit like... 
it's hard to tell, but that could have been Vincent's way of trying to cut him down. Yeah. But I don't I, think, I don't think it was. No, it's, there's no guile behind yeah. it. He's just like, yeah, I did it. Isn't that cool? And he knows he's a better player. Whereas Eddie's just, it fucking ruins him. Yeah, so I think they probably thought, well, Eddie knows that I'm such a good player that like they, I think they just assumed that he would have figured it out. Yeah. That Eddie's too smart to have been duped like that, but it was so well done and Eddie was so feeling so confident that he didn't pick it. I and like uh, Janelle's line after that when they walk off where she says, like, oh, he's a little prick. And yeah. Like, just like, oh, fucking who cares? Yeah, it's like, that's, don't, didn't you feel bad? He's a prick for doing that to you. They, he gets into the, still gets into the final because he did beat Vincent, but he realizes he didn't get there for being the best player, which I still think it's a little bit of a gutless thing to do is he forfeits. Yeah. And the poor guy wearing a the red worst bandana. bandana in the world. Very strange looking man. I feel like that guy surely had to be a cameo as well, yeah. like of a pool player. Yeah, he's like, you know, I don't want to win like this, which is fit. Like, you don't, no one wants to win by default. Yeah. Like, the two worst words in the English language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just packs up his balabushka and he goes at the back, he's approached by. Oh no, as he leaves, as he walks out, he just hands an envelope of money back to Vincent and Carmen. He's like, don't want it. Thank you. And so Carmen goes, oh, he runs into Janelle and Janelle's like, can we fucking go to the Bahamas yet? <laughs> he's like, yeah, sure. Oh, wait a minute. Carmen's coming. So Carmen comes out and is like, Vincent wants you to have the money. It's yours. Like, if you don't want it, give it to charity. And he's like, mm, I don't want the money. I want Vincent's best game. And that's the whole thing. He's like, he wants to win legitimately. He wants to lose or win legitimately. Like, yeah. he wants to know where he stands. Yeah, so he just wants that final game. And, you know, the money isn't it's all about the money. He's already a rich guy. He's rich from whiskey. He doesn't give a shit about the money. He's it's got a- sweet whiskey cash. <laughs> His sweet whiskey car. Oh, what happens at the very I didn't. I stopped writing notes because I was too intrigued with the ending. Well, they have the game, and Vincent keeps being like, "Why do you care? You taught me how to do all this. You were playing me for a fool the whole time." And mm. he's like, "Yep, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> still we need to settle this." Uh, and then yeah, it shows them breaking. And then that's it. Freeze frame on Paul Newman's face. Oh, it's a really good – is that where they have the shot of him reflected in the – Oh, that's where he decides to give up, where he's looking at himself oh, in the yeah. reflection of the ball and then he's like, nah, I'm out. Nah, my confidence isn't good enough for this. And also I want to fucking Vincent to go get him. Yeah, so – and then that's how they end it is just like it goes to break and whoosh, the end. Nice yeah. freeze frame. Lovely freeze frame. You don't see that anymore. They don't no. do that for the end of a movie. Freeze frame. could have had the swirling the end text. That would have been nice. That would have been perfect, <laughs> but that wasn't it. And so we don't know what happened, but Eddie got, no matter what happens, Eddie got what he wanted. He got the final game. Because he sort of says, like, you want to kick me around like a dog for the rest of my life? Like, I've only got a few more yeah, good games in I me. Yeah, I love that line. That's so good. This is it. We, we've got to finish this. And then I know. That's it. I'm done. I'm out for good this time. And, yeah, that's The Colour of Money, the Martin Scorsese film with Paul Newman and Tom Cruise. Mm. Very, like, I don't know, just to read about it and to see, like, the cover of it, you'd be like, oh, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. I have absolutely no interest. But, I mean, I guess when you get a very good film director with some very good actors, like, it's going to be pretty interesting. But, yeah, they I don't know. I just really enjoy this movie. Yeah. It's, like, even if it is a by-the-numbers Scorsese movie, as, like, he claims that it is it's still just so well put together and it's like not about it's not the narrative arc of it that makes it interesting you're sort of watching Eddie have these changes of heart mm. throughout the movie you know like he's a uh, he starts off and his like main goal is to get this guy because he sees some talent in him or maybe mm. sees some of himself in him and reckons he can do something with this and it was probably like an unresolved thing like he doesn't feel like because he said I was basically retired out of playing anymore of hustling anymore and he probably still feels like that was unresolved like he was taken out of it and never got to yeah finish it the way he would have liked and so he's that's probably always played in his mind. And it seems like we're seeing that, like, that's what his motivations are at the start, that he's sort of trying to resolve that. And then by the end, 
and he's realised what really matters to him is actually just like being good at it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just after all this time being like, no, actually, I just want to be a guy that's good at pool. Yeah. Money's nice. He just wants to prove that he was he's as good as he was 25 years earlier. Yeah, I think, I mean, I guess it's just for any movie, like you don't have to care about the subject matter necessarily. Yeah. On a personal level. But if it's a well, if it's a good movie, like it'll draw you in no matter what. I'm not interested in car racing, but if I watch a good car racing movie, like I'm, I'm all about it. And this is the same sort of thing. Like possibly one of the most boring sports to watch. Mm. Apart from fucking darts or crooked, I don't know. Darts was the first example that popped upon for me. <laughs> but yeah, they did such a good job that I was intrigued. And now I want to go, I don't want to play pool because I know I'm bad at it, but I want to go watch people play pool. The thing about it, it made me really want to go and play more pool immediately after I watched this. And I was reading that thing about how after The Hustler came out, there was this massive bump in uh, pool table sales. And even after this one, it, it was still, again. yeah, it happened again. Like yeah. People were just like, hell yeah. It's probably like a lot of, you know, when we were younger, parents probably had pool tables in their rumpus rooms because they watched like, I'm going to be one of those guys it's like uh how there's a there was a massive uh notable drop in merlot sales and then a massive bump in pinot noir sales after sideways came out because mm. everyone watched that was like oh i guess you're not supposed to like merlots then <laughs> <laughs> Merlot's like no okay so this movie like i said not the tom cruisiest movie that of his repertoire i mean still excellent and still very tom cruise in some ways i guess because what we're going to go through now are tom cruiseisms of which there are a bunch but not also not that many. So like obviously we talk about things like running. Mm-hmm. Very little running in this movie. Basically none. There's a, a short run to the car from yeah. inside that pool hall. Even when he's like running after the car, he runs after the car a little bit when he zooms off. That's it. But not Tom Cruise runs. Tom Cruise had only was only just getting into his Tom Cruise run around the eighties anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, yeah. I love that you can plot this on a timeline. That is tremendous. Yes, Same as his eyebrows. Like I notice you can notice a movie. The Firm is the first movie where he has, doesn't have his monobrow anymore. Mm-hmm. I guess when you, all you do is watch Tom Cruise movies, you pick up on these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so obviously running's out. But you think stunts, no stunts in this movie, but you'd be fucking wrong because Tom Cruise learned how to play pool really, really well for this movie. So I think Paul Newman did learn for The Hustler mm-hmm. and probably still knew how to play it for this movie. But yeah, also there's a lot of trick shots you see and all of them but one which is a very complicated one that Tom Cruise learned how to do. And the only reason why he didn't learn this one was because Martin Scorsese's like, that's an extra three days and however many dollars in production money yeah. that we'd have to spend on that, it's not worth it. So when that trick shot's done, it's just in a way that... It's like really awesome because it's like doing a... It's a shot from one side of the table to the other where he's hopping over two other balls to mm. get into that pocket. And so they get Tom Cruise lining the shot up. He like puts the cue into contact with the ball and then they do a very quick fucking tracking shot over the other side uh, that like blurs it or whatever. But apparently they had another professional pool player out of shot doing that shot at the yeah. same time so that it would be following that ball. It's wild. And I'm sure Tom Cruise was dying that he couldn't do that. I'm sure he knows how to do it now. Oh yeah, <laughs> probably like years later after the movie, still obsessively practicing yeah. exactly that shot, being like months. Cause I don't fucking do that shot if I want to. <laughs> I'm going to learn how to fly aeroplanes and do that one fucking shot I wasn't allowed to do. <laughs> God damn it. It's, it is it is fascinating watching that movie and watching for all of the shots where there is like a large bit of dialogue before they take the shot or whatever as well where you're like because obviously you don't need to be the best pool player in the world all the time you just need to be able to get that shot in like 20 takes or whatever so yep. that you got one good take if you're doing it but the ones where it includes the dialogue you're like god that must have been fucking hard mm. but both of them pull off these amazingly difficult shots and, I uh, really like wild. the one where it's before when he throws his tantrum and storms off where they're playing together and Vincent's like talking and like looking at him and then still oh the, my the, the god shot. it's so fucking smug it's amazing <laughs> 
amazing. Don't even know how to play pool. I would have been so fucking angry and like, oh, look at you. Don't even need to look, do you? <laughs> yeah, that was um, really good. So, yeah, stunts-wise, um, yeah, Tom Cruise did him. Yeah. He did his pool-related stunts, which, you know, aren't, don't quite match in intensity to Mission Impossible, but also probably just as difficult to yeah. learn and everything. I mean, if we're going to go through the Tom Cruiseism of him being a young, smug guy being taught by a mentor, they definitely did that. He learned a lot of things, but it was still a prick at the end of it, which is unlike. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Although I guess the very last thing that happens in the movie is him kind of learning, like, mm. it's Paul Newman coming back to be like, no, don't be an ass," And, like, him meeting him on his own terms, I think, is some concession to that. So yeah. he, he comes back around a real tiny bit, but it's literally like the last four seconds of the movie that that happens. Up until yeah. that point, he arguably becomes a worse person. Yeah. Like, the, the part where they're arguing with the guy who's staking them when they're at the tournament, you know, they're pretending that he's the naive idiot guy and she's trying to push harder for more money and in the end he's angry at her for not having pushed for more money. Mm. You're like, oh, he's actually just become more cynical and more of a prick. Yeah, as per usual, can't remember a single other fucking Tom Cruiseism that I would normally, one day I'll put a list out so I can go through them, but today's not the day. Um, still got that one big middle tooth that's still there. Hey, don't! <laughs> well, I know he, probably not because had braces and stuff since this, so I think the middle tooth was more after he had the really intense surgery in the 90s. Oh, I, so, yeah. I feel like it's kind of visible in this one. I was just, my is, eye but, was drawn to it at all but times. I think, yeah, the last lot of fixing actually made it more. I still don't notice it. Like, I have to really focus. That's all I can see. I I, it's just like one of those things where once it's been pointed out, I'm like, how? <laughs> I, don't, I just don't. I'm so, yeah, the whole Tom Cruise thing, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you just see like a pixelated blur where his mouth is. And yeah. The rest of it. Perfect teeth, every single one of them. Um, but Tom Cruise doesn't care. He wouldn't smile so fucking much if he gave a shit. He's like the most charismatic, handsome, rich person in the world. I don't think he gives a fuck. It's like, oh, my teeth are off centre. Whatever. Um, also goes to show that no matter how rich you are, I guess some things can't be. I love that. Yeah. I secretly love that. It's like uh, Elon Musk 20 years ago looked like he was 30 years older than he does now. Yeah. But he's still an unlikable piece of shit. Yeah. So no matter how rich you are, you, you like can't still get look like a piece of fucking trash and yeah, the stink would never come off no yeah. matter how rich you are. Thank God. Love it. Uh, any other things like there's not even any like drunken rant. There's a tent. There's a nice little tantrum. Like that's probably a Tom Cruiseism from the '80s. Him throwing a tantrum about something and wrecking something. Yeah, I wonder how much of that was scripted. Whether he was the, the bar was set up to come up off the wall. He was meant to sort of powerlessly drop the thing on the floor and then punch it or whatever. Yeah, it's got a very natural energy to it. In like the awkwardness of it feels so naturalistic. Yeah. You're like. Like, if you tried to do that, it would have looked terrible and forced. Yeah. But it looked very you know, clumsy and natural and embarrassing yeah. for all involved. Yeah, I think that's probably it for Tom Cruise-isms. Um, Normally we'd go straight into rating, but there's lots of facts about this movie that I really like. My main one is that Tom Cruise and Paul Newman, the Paul Newman was famous for loving racing mm. cars and everything, so he got Tom Cruise into it. But I think, hang on, when did Days of Thunder come out? I'm not sure, actually. I didn't realise how much of Talladega Nights was taken from it. Like, uh, there are parts where I just note for note. I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. And John C. Riley's in both, isn't he? Yeah. That's so fucking wild. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, so Days of Thunder was 19. Yeah, it was like right. such an early 80s. It's got such a strong 80s vibe to yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I think the very early 90s were even more 80s than the 80s were in some ways. That's very true. You know, fashion and everything. It um, quite stylized the things yeah. that, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's why Tom Cruise wanted to do Days of Thunder. What do you mean race, like, and I think they raced Porsches or something and, like, yeah, that's real cool. There was like, also that thing about how uh, Paul Newman's racing team was, like, sponsored by Budweiser at the time. So the scene where they did the final tournament 
like scene between those two guys. Mm. After they finished that scene, Paul Newman told all the extras to stay where they were and then like came back in with like a bunch of cases of Bud and was just like, hey, Budweiser for everybody. <laughs> just <laughs> like, yay! <laughs> so wild. <laughs> The cue used in the film was not a genuine balabushka, but a Joss made to look like a balabushka. <laughs> Joss is like, oh, jeez, hey. <laughs> it's something so funny about that. Also the specificity of knowing what the pool cue it was that was turned into another pool cue. Yeah. I just don't I don't know enough about pool to understand the mechanics this is of all thing. this. I think I said to you yesterday, it's like, I would love to be good enough at anything mm. that I needed. There was a tool for that thing that was like so coveted and expensive and cool and whatever. That's If I had that, everyone would know. I meant business. Like, yeah. I can't think of a single skill I could have. It's roller skating. You will be old mate. Oh yeah, that's right. I, mean, I just saw those fucking fifteen hundred dollar rollerblades and like they were like gold hollow and I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, there was a, a credit that you pointed out. Um there's a brief moment where you see a dog being walked. That dog is credited to Zoe because it is Man Scorsese's dog, Zoe. And they put it as the name like Dog Walk by or yeah. Dog Walkby. Dog Walkby. <laughs> It's so cute. <laughs> like, like afterwards, he's like, what, you're "Such a good actor." <laughs> Two Phil Collins songs. In yes. This movie. Yeah, I noticed that. And like, fuck off! I don't care for Tom uh, Phil Collins at all. Or the drink to Tom Collins. Nah, not especially not that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a fact that no one cares about. Mary Elizabeth at Mount and Scorsese share the same birthday. <laughs> God damn these awesome. IMDb facts. I spent so much time reading those and like there are always a couple in there that are like useless ones like that where you're like, who gives a fuck? Or other ones where it's insane technical knowledge where they're like, technically he's driving a 1979 blah, 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 but it has the side view mirrors of a what? And you're like, what is wrong with you? Do you like, do this for every movie? Like in when the second it movie came came out and everyone's like green lego didn't exist then <laughs> people were furious i'm like no one cares is that real green no one, lego well that, that shade of green that they had in the trailer <laughs> didn't exist and everyone was real fucking mad oh, jesus that's so funny this fact i thought made me laugh and i wanted to talk about more about it anyway brandon flowers of the killers wore a t-shirt copy of right. vince's vince t-shirt that is an insanely specific piece of memorabilia to own so i own that shirt i got it from an 80s t-shirt Wait, when between when did you get it? As soon as I watched this movie, yeah, right. and I was like, "That shit is ridiculous." And so, for when I do my Halloween challenge, was it last year, the year before? I can't remember now. So it happened once, but October tenth is Tom Cruise Day in in Japan. Uh-huh. So from now on, October tenth is Tom Cruise Day to me because it neatly falls within your thirty-one. Yeah, days so of- I cosplayed as Vince and went and pretended to play pool once. For my photo, Ben's like, this is the, literally the nerdiest thing I've ever seen you do. I've done a lot of nerdy things. So. That is true. <laughs> yeah, but I'm very proud of that shirt. And yeah, because it wasn't until I rewatched the movie and I was like, why does he have a Vince shirt? And then I realized, oh, he, it's actually Which a staff shirt. odd, right? Yeah. That like they get a new employee and they're like, oh, we have to get, what, five T-shirts with your name on it printed? Like, what I size are you? I don't feel like that's good use of money, but I'm sure that probably was a thing. But they are live up Jersey, mm. that sort of way. I always think of you know, what it was in but like, oh, it was in our Jersey Shore, the reality TV show where a couple of them worked in a, in a shop that they printed T-shirts to order. Yeah, right. thing. So maybe that's a Jersey thing where everyone just has the shirts and their names on press. dumb shit on, <laughs> on their shirts. I was trying to figure out where they are starting from because they say it's like however many kilometres, kilometres, miles or whatever, like that they are a distance mm. away from Atlantic City. Mm. But I couldn't figure out whereabouts that meant they actually were no. to start. No idea. I have no idea. I don't really. think it's important, I guess. Probably not important, but I want to know because there's a just justify why they have printed t-shirts. Yeah, that might be the local thing. So I thought there were more facts. Oh, 
it's the one of the only. I think it's the only time where Paul Newman ever was in like a sequel or reprised yeah. the same role. And Tom Cruise famously hasn't, except for Mission Impossible, he has only done that once for Jack Reacher. Yeah, right. And he's now doing it for Top Gun. But otherwise, Tom Cruise famously, except for Ethan Hunt, never played the same character twice. Made a mistake playing Jack Reacher at all, but. <laughs> Not That's a fan. for a future podcast. No, <laughs> I'm not a fan of because people like didn't like that Tom Cruise is cast in that movie because he's too short for that role. Whereas I'm like that character sucks and I hate him. So <laughs> nothing to do with it. I don't give a fuck if he's like, the tallest man in the world played him. I still hate him. All right, so we are now ready to review the movie. I haven't thought this in advance at all, but I think I will give this movie four Balabushkas out of a possible five. It's not my most hilarious choice, but I love saying Balabushka. What so can good. I say? And they keep saying it. Yeah. But also, there's no explanation of why a Balabushka is valuable or why we should care about it. It's just someone saying, it's a Balabushka? Oh, it's a Balabushka. Balabushka. Oh. <laughs> and also, <laughs> I want to, and they're like, Eddie gave it to you? Fuck. I said he gave you a balabushka. How does he have a balabushka? A balabushka? I also want to use that in my thing and like compare things to balabushkas. I'm like, oh, that's almost as good as a balabushka. <laughs> Car, what? <laughs> that's basically the balabushka of the automotive world that you're driving there. Oh, I can't wait to annoy everyone with that. Literally, no one is going to understand what no, you're talking no, about. Sam, it's going to be, be like, beautiful. this is a fucking Tom Cruise thing, Car. I'm like, maybe. Could be. <laughs> What's um, it to you? All right, Ben, what what do you rate this movie? I'm also going to go with four. I can't think of anything I don't like about it, but you've got to give yourself a wiggle room at the top, yeah. obviously. Uh, I'm going four sweaters out of five. We didn't talk about this at all before, no. but this is a very sweater-heavy film. Like, sweater vests. Sweater vests. So, especially towards the end of the yes. movie when they're in Atlantic City. Maybe Atlantic City, home of sweater vests. <laughs> but even Vince is wearing Like, Vince doesn't wear... He wears leather jackets and yeah. Vince T-shirt for the most of the movie, and at the end he's wearing a sweater vest. Which I think is meant to be like... A, well, no, I was talking to you about this yesterday where I wasn't quite sure whether this is like a character thing that over time he's dressing more like Eddie because he's getting richer and he's trying to become more like Eddie mm. or it's just that those were fashionable at the time they were shooting the movie. Yeah. It's very hard to but say. But it also could be that, yeah, he wants to be more like Eddie or is he just like, this is part of the hustle. I want to people think I'm looking a bit nerdier, like, oh, but, like look a certain way. I don't know. Yeah, like mm. could be either way. Could I also, this is such an oddly specific detail to even notice, uh, but I think it's also very cold because the, the one scene where he goes outside to like do his shout, his like victory shout before going back inside, his breath is like fogs up like immediately, like crazy. It looks like it's fucking well, I know, because I actually wrote this down. It was set. So Atlantic setting happened in April. So the six weeks leading up to it would have been, yeah, some of the coldest months. Because I yeah. think February, March is still very cold. Imagine living in a place where it got cold. No, I was talking about this. I was watching Ben. And, um, yeah, I'm like, who wants this? Because we were watching a show that's set uh, The Great North, the new Bob's oh, Vegas cartoon. Oh, I'm loving yeah. The Great North. And it's set in Alaska. So I'm like, I wonder what the temperature is like in Alaska. Their summer ranges between, like, was either 4 and 8 and 15 degrees Celsius. That's just a recipe like, for depression. That's, that's a cold winter here yeah. where we live. And their winter is like minus 18 to minus 35. And I, I can't fathom that. Ben and I were in New York City when it was zero degrees and we actually thought we were going to die. We had to walk around in concrete. I'm like, my feet are falling off. I lost my feet. I can't believe it. I think the coldest I've ever been in was like negative 10. And I was like, this is like a life or death situation. And then I talked to my friends who live in like some parts of North America and they're like, no, that, it gets a lot colder than that. That's not that bad. I'm like, that's just a fuck. sweater vest weather yeah. in the sky. Scarf, this is one like. tasteful V-neck skirt sweater. <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. We are. Like, why do I live somewhere so hot? I'm like, because I can't live anywhere cold. No, fuck. This is the perfect climate. I wouldn't live anywhere else. Mm, me 
could just be, you know, I want Brisbane weather nine months of the year, uh, winter weather nine months of the year, <laughs> and then Brisbane summer two months of the year. Yeah, that's kind of perfect. Yeah. And yeah. then one uh, miscellaneous month. Yeah, <laughs> just throw it out whichever way. <laughs> be great. All right, so both of us four four balabushkas and four sweater vests yep. out of a possible five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing bad I can think about this movie. No. Yeah, like an unthrilling topic, but made very enjoyable and very like compelling. And yeah, I guess maybe if Tom Cruise ran some more, I'd give it a five. I don't know. <laughs> That's the other thing that it's missing. He doesn't jump from a helicopter at any point in the movie. <laughs> nothing blows up once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is usually how I rate my movies. Um, awesome. Well, that's uh, the color of money. If you're in Australia, it's now streaming on Disney Plus, so you should watch it. Uh, I had the Blu-ray, lost it. So that is tragic. God. Yeah. So how do you even lose it? How would have even left this house? I have a specific tub specifically for my Tom Cruise collection, and I think Ben's lent it to someone. To be ah, honest, that's fucking typical. Yeah, because I want to watch all the behind, like the. Because oh, I'm the only yeah. person. Ben's my husband's very into this. I'm probably the only person left who still watches every single special feature after I watch a movie. Oh, I love them. I'm all uh, about. Um, yeah, just yeah. I want to know everything. If I enjoy the movie, and especially if it's an actiony movie and there's stunts and things, I need to know how everything happens. I want two hours of like milk toast cast interviews where yeah. they're telling kind of funny anecdotes, but not that funny. Yeah. I love that. I genuinely that's that's a wonderful night in for me. Yeah, that's why streaming is all well and good, except our internet sucks and it's very hard at the moment. But I want to have a million things extra to watch. When I Dream. watch my movie. Yeah. I highly recommend watching it. If you haven't ever watched it, if you don't like Tom Cruise, not a very Tom Cruise movie. You might better get past that with this. And you're not meant to like this character, so that's fine. Before we go, just want to uh, ask Ben where we can find you. Podcast Buena Vista. It is on all the places that you get podcasts from, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and that's it. I'm not really anywhere, anywhere else now because I've just been kicked off Twitter. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Twitter finally gotcha. I did. Yep. Yep. to happen sometime. Well, I will link to Bunta Vista in the show notes. Very excellent podcast. Uh, one of the other guests is another big Tom Cruise head, and I'm going to get him on here eventually. He will do it at the drop of a hat. I will bully him until he does it. Fuck yeah. And, yeah, if you want to find me, um, I haven't been kicked off Twitter because I'm <laughs> shit at it, so <laughs> no one gives a shit about me, except for that one time I got fucking snided. But oh. uh, my Twitter is Tom Cruise Review, no S on the end. On Instagram, it's Tom Cruise Reviews with an S on the end and my website is tom cruise reviews for everything else uh thank you so much for joining us and we hope you enjoy watching color of money and we'll catch you next time 